time to talk some football. The drought is over. It took seven games, but the All Whites finally got a ball in the back of the net. They made good use of their possessions this time around, slotting two goals in Wellington to give themselves their first win against China in over 30 years. I wouldn't be surprised if the last time they won, the great David Choate was on the pitch. Choate joins us on the line now to talk about an eventful couple of games for the All Whites at home. Morning, David. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good this morning, guys. Always good to see the All-Whites get a win. Good to see them play at home. That's a rarity these days. And uh, Look, I thoroughly enjoyed both games uh, because you're looking at the next sort of uh, World Cup team, the side that will take them to 24. This is the class that will take them there. And, uh, yeah, good on them. They got a couple of goals yesterday in Wellington in beautiful conditions. Wasn't a bad watch. Did that win give you that feeling of optimism about the future for the All-Whites? Yeah, probably, probably uh, guarded optimism. I think the thing you've got to like about them, they're young. Um, they have, they're a side that's got plenty left in them. You'd only sort of look at um, you know, three or four guys, the likes of Tommy Smith, um, maybe Costa Barbarousas, uh, who, who may be coming to the end of their sort of international careers, I suppose. Chris Wood's the interesting one. They didn't have him for this tournament because he was injured. So these results without him, a really good result. So, yes, some optimism. Like some of the young guys coming through, and, uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's an opportunity to build a side that can do New Zealand proud. What did you make of that first goal, Chody? You know, they were pretty lucky that the VR wasn't uh, in use. Their box wall was he offside? Yeah, he was. Uh, I was at the other end of the pitch. They didn't even think about the offside, but straight away you could see it was an <laughs> own goal. Um, so you sort of were... Um, a little bit deflated because there was a missed penalty just before and you thought, oh, it's going to be one of those days your whites are going to go another 90 minutes without goals. In the end, the Chinese did us a favour and stuck one in the back of their own net, so that's always helpful. Um, but, uh, yeah, they probably were a wee bit lucky to get that because VAL, I think, may have ruled that out or would have ruled that out, I think. Seeing that you spoke about the young stars coming through, seeing the two all-whites young stars, Joe Bell, Matthew Garbutt, connect for the for a goal must have been particularly good to see for Darren Basie, right? Goal scoring hasn't been part of the plan as of late, but they got the they got the job done. Yeah, Matthew Garbutt off the bench, a, a great goal it was, a really good uh, goal, good ball by Joe Bell to put him in. That's part of the thing you like about the side, the likes of Joe Bell, Matthew Garbutt, and I'll put Marco Staminich in there as three young players who he can start building sort of midfield and attacking midfield around. Not a not a natural goal scorer, I don't think, um, Matthew Garbutt, but certainly that attacking player that creates chances and showed there that he can finish chances. Um, that's still the conundrum, I think, for the for the All Whites is that front third just finding those X factor players who can find the net regularly. But certainly Matthew Garbutt showed enough to say that he's going to be one for the future for sure. What what do you say about all the talk about the All Whites attack, David? Like, are you really concerned about that future of our, our back four as well, with the loss of those players getting to the end of their careers? Yeah, the the, the, the back four is um, a work on, but I sort of feel like New Zealand can produce back four players pretty regularly. We tend to come come up with players who can sort of keep others away from goal. The front third gives me a headache because I think we're almost overcoached. <laughs> as a footballing nation. In the front third, you want those creative players, those sort of, those game breakers, and they're not really coached. They're sort of, they're born, not made, if you get the drift. It's a real sort of uh, a conundrum for the All-Whites to produce the next Chris Wood. I mean, he can probably go one more World Cup if he stays fit and healthy. He'll be sort of into his 30, 34, 35 as they go through this sort of qualifying round. So it'll be interesting to see if he can stay on the park because without him, I do worry about the attacking third. 
So, so you're saying that we've, we've actually got talent coming through, or the pathways are nice and healthy, but we're, we're getting steered in the wrong direction. And it, and it makes sense, really, because there's a bit of a conundrum at the moment in, in football New Zealand with the coaching setup. So no one's got really any idea. Yeah, the football we play is good. It's, um, it's good through the back third. It's good through the midfield. But you get to that front third and, and, the, and the creative spark is the thing that you're looking for. Those players who do the unexpected, expect the unexpected. It's hard to defend against players who you don't know where they're going. I mean, at the very top of the game, you think about those strikers, the Messi's, the Mbappe's, unbelievable pace, yeah. unbelievable skill. Um, the last time we, um, we had someone sort of of that nature was Winston Ruther. I mean, he was a, he was a freak. Um, and creating freaks is hard. You've got to get players who have both pace and creativity and it's not necessarily the position where you need to be overly sort of coached and overly disciplined. You want someone who's a bit of a wild card. So either the big physical style of Chris Wood or a, or a little dribbler. Marco Rojas, I thought, was worthwhile as an introduction uh, into the second game. Yeah. That kind of player who just sort of does things that other players don't do. And what does our under-17 and under-20 pool look like, David? Have we got, the, I guess, the players there at the level... Um, where they need to be at that age coming through to, to keep this, I, I guess, this uh, all-white side going? Yeah, it was interesting. The under-23s, or they're actually under-22s, they picked a side that was under-22s, played before both all-whites games against the Chinese under-23 side uh, and won both games. So, again, encouraging. Remember, China are ranked about 80 in the world, so about 20 spots above the all-whites. And bringing sides like that to New Zealand, you want to beat them because that gets you up the, up the FIFA rankings and gives you some confidence. The next group, they managed four goals in two games, which is good. Um, being old, I think, getting amongst the goals. Uh, um, you know, uh, a Phoenix player coming through. Again, you're looking for who's going to be that the, the understudy to Chris Wood. Yesterday, I think Alex Grieve got the nod up front. He's a slighter build. He's not really a lead-the-line striker, but he does have a, a bit of an eye for goal despite the penalty miss, which was an absolute howler, by the way. Never seen a worse penalty, to be honest. It was horrible. Um, but Alex Green's got more to him than missing penalties. He's got enough in him to say that he can be around and be the kind of striker who assists. But for me, still looking for that magic number, number nine, number 10, who can lead the line. Um, I would, uh, If I was a young kid, about 17 or 18, and you thought you had the talent, I'd be putting my head down because there's an opportunity coming. Beautiful. Well, let's let's talk the the head coaching role. Look, I get a sense from what I'm hearing and reading that Baisley has got the got the uh, the back room, got the locker room. They're all in support. Is there a world in which Baisley retains the head coaching role? Oh, undoubtedly, there's a world. Um, uh, it's a world of pain for New Zealand football in terms of picking up a, a, a manager who is really going to take the side forward. I think they've had a horror in terms of their handling of it so far, and Darren Baisley becomes the incumbent. I know he's the assistant. He feels a bit backroom for me, to be honest. He feels like the guy who you'd have in your team, your coaching team. Not sure that he's the guy to go forward, but I don't really know enough about him. But he's done work within the New Zealand football setup, so that's he's the known quantity. I'm not sure they've got too many people queuing up. I think they'll have to pull a rabbit out of the hat if they're going to go better than Baisley. You think New Zealand football would have learned a lot from the New Zealand Rugby Union's debacle of hiring a coach? You get a sense of yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> administrators, are, administrators are notorious for sort of I don't know um, making a meal out of things that look pretty straightforward. Um, the, the the coaching situation for the All Whites is is a critical one, and they've they've played it out in public pretty poorly so far. I'm not sure that they've got too much sort of backup plan. I don't know what Plan B looks like, but at the moment, 
um, they'll, they'll probably go into another round of games in the international break. It wouldn't surprise me if they hadn't settled on their, their man by then. Hey, David, just would extend a little bit on that conversation there. Why do you get administrators that have no idea about sport come in and think that they all of a sudden are, are like their Einsteins about the sport that they go on to administer? Yeah, I don't know. There's sort of, um, it's, I think I've said it before, like we call them fishheads, only the old officials. Um, mm, there's plenty mm. of ties and blazers walking around you and you wonder where they actually came from. It's so important <laughs> to me to have people coming through the system who stay in the system. Um, it was good yesterday to see Simon Elliott, uh, Glenn Moss, um, Rory Fallon amongst that coaching group because they are players who have come through New Zealand football, gone offshore, played at the top level and uh, and are giving back to the game. So I think there's there are people out there, but they don't seem to go into the administration of the ranks. I mean, if if, if you went through the, the, the board of most sports, I think you'd be scratching your head at times and you'd go, I wonder why they're there. Um, people who live and breathe a code are the kind of people you want to get, I think, into your administration and to lead lead the charge, if you like. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, David Choke. Appreciate your time. Um, just a couple more questions before we let you go, and we're going to shoot off yep. and uh, talk the women's game just quickly. But do, do you think the fact that the All Whites are pretty much guaranteed a World Cup spot going forward will increase uh, public interest in the team? How do, you, how do you find the interest in the team at the moment, the support that they're receiving? I thought this round of games was horribly promoted. Again, I'd, I'd point back at the officials. I think they could have done a lot better in terms of, I think there was 10 and a half here yesterday, maybe 12 in, 12, 12 in Auckland. I think you can get more than that. I think you can uh, double the size of your crowd with decent promotion and putting things around the game. I think they can do better in that regard. The women's game will absolutely explode. I can't wait for that Women's World Cup. The, mm. the women's game will get its own fill-up off the back of that for sure. The men's game still has work to do. They've got to keep getting games both home and away. I think they go away into Europe next, which is good, but they need to bring games back to New Zealand and put these all-whites out in front of their fans. Yesterday at the end of the game, I was at uh, the eastern end of the ground, and the amount of kids that were coming out of the stands to see their heroes, to get their signatures, to get their, their, their selfies done, was really pleasing. That's what you've got to build off, but they've got to play games at home. Yeah, we need more games, uh, David. I think we need more games. Two games against China is okay, but when was the last time? I think we played Australia Eden Park, so that was yonks ago. I can't even. That was that far uh, ago. That that long ago that I can't even really remember. But mate, you did right. We need more games, and that's how you're going to compete on an international level. I know it's tough with the windows and everything like that, and I think a long way to solidifying that is actually hiring a coach. Get some certainty in the group will go a hell of a long way. So we appreciate your time, David Choke. Great to see. The uh, the All Whites back in the winner's circle, 2-1 over China. I take a lot of confidence out of that. Thanks so much for your time. No driver boys, always happy to talk about football. Beautiful. David Choke talking football. They're back in the winner's circle, finally. Wrote a bit of luck yesterday in that game, Kempi. It's been a long time between goals, seven games, before they even come close to get one in the back net. But, you know, exciting time. But you did right, eh, mate? Like, this... Why, why are we suddenly going through some coaching saga? We're probably going to go through another one with <laughs> New Zealand Cricket and Gary Steed. And the drama's around it. It, it is a, it's a, oh God, it's a, the landscape is really interesting, you know, like he makes so much sense when Chody comes on as Sean talks about the fish heads and the administrators that they get these positions knowing nothing about the, the sport and then all of a sudden become like, you know, first class Einstein's in it, and and 
for me, I just it does my head in. Um, seriously, this this Darren Baisley, like he's obviously got his hands on the on the coaching job. I don't think they can go and find another coach. I think the problem that you have up front, where we can't score goals, is going to continue until the day where we get the messy running around in New Zealand. You know, one kid that comes through, and he'll probably then go overseas and won't be allowed to play. Uh, for the always like um, Mr. Adams, who runs around in the NBA, we can't get him playing for our our New Zealand basketball team. It's like it's a they've come so far forward. The All Whites, mm. you know, there's just I think the the players are moving that fast that the administrators are struggling to keep up. That's that's mm. that's what it looks like. It's interesting to hear his thoughts on the overcoaching situation that they've had at, at the top. Like we've got athletes in this country, we all know that. Look at the athletes running around and. And rugby, you got league, you got netballers, you've got athletics. Well, so the league one's athletes. yeah, the league one's a prime example. I got told um, from the inside, like you go into the New Zealand league team, for instance, which I've been a part of, and it's just full of Australians. Like the the administrators that put these positions in place don't actually have an idea of what that does to that that whole setup. You know, there's when you're saying when you play for New Zealand, but you're being coached for Australians in rugby league, it doesn't work, hasn't worked. You know, so I just think that sometimes, you know, I like to hear that the Rory Fallons and that are at the back back of the back room helping out with the coaching. I think that's really important for Baisley. You know what I mean? To go forward with the, with those type of players around him. It, but it's really hard to get people to sort of see the light, is he? You know, David Choate, yeah. for me, it makes total sense every time he comes on our show. Yeah, absolutely love it. Love talking football. And remember, only a couple of months out from the Football Ferns, the World Cup, down under one of the most watched events going around on the global circuit at the moment. It's here in New Zealand, so let's rally around our Football Ferns and try and inspire them. They would have got some inspiration from the Black Ferns and what they've been able to achieve. So it's going to take a hell of an effort to, to be able to uh, mirror that performance, but we're right behind them and we want to support them all the way off the back fence with the one and only Tony Kemp. I cannot wait for this. Stay tuned because Kempy might be changing his tune. I don't know. Let's wait and see, eh? You listen to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.